Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionised over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cosy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Well, explain real quick. Could you, the difference between the polio vaccine and an mRNA vaccine, which is what we have with this. Yeah. So there are a couple different types of polio vaccines, but the, the traditional vaccine, the way they had done it in the past, is you can take a virus, you make it like a milder version. Weak. You weaken it. Yeah, it's perfect. And you inject that weakened virus into someone. And then you let the and then you let the immune system go to work. Out. Exactly. But I put you in with David Tua to get you prepared for Mike Tyson. So by the time you fight Mike Tyson for real with no headgear, you're prepared for the fight. Right. What's the world's greatest lie, Peter? Um The world's greatest lie? The world's greatest lie. Shit. The world's greatest lie. Probably that uh, you need to wear a mask while by yourself in your car on the 405 on a Tuesday afternoon. Okay, you just just jump right into the bullshit. <laughs> Doc, what's the greatest lie ever told? That was pretty good. I don't know if I'm gonna be able. That's, to that's top. a tough. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to top oh, that one. Get, that was pretty. We good. for sure gonna get canceled. That was pretty. They good. gonna like put a little thing on a podcast. We yeah. like. I'm looking to... to get disclaimered. I want to be disclaimed. Disclaimed. Yeah, yeah they gonna put that on the podcast. <laughs> Fact check all this shit Peter is saying. Greatest lie ever told. World greatest lie ever God. told. All right. So I think for me, it's got to be that um, it's hard to top that one. It's hard to top it's that one. What, did Biden won? <laughs> we'll get triple disclaimer now. <laughs> yeah, that's we're, we're off to a great start. I think the yeah. world's greatest lie ever told is that you can have you can have it all. I think that's it. Hmm. That's the world's greatest that's lie ever told. That's actually a really good one. What do you got? I don't know. I don't think I've ever thought about socialism that. works. Um, there's a lot of trees felled over that lie. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Greatest lie ever told. Don't cop that Kaiser Soze. Was it the uh, greatest lie the devil ever told was that he didn't exist? Type stuff. I don't know. This is no ceilings, though. No ceilings. The greatest lie is that there are ceilings. 
No ceilings. <laughs> Glasses. Peter. Got special guests. Go ahead, Peter, introduce him. This is the doctor. He's a, he's our anonymous doctor. He's a, <laughs> for, for career purposes, research scientist today, local high-profile institution. We're not going to go any further than that. There you go. That's all the notes you get. And that's if all you it, know... But, PhD, a PhD who studied the subject in real time in a lab. So that's okay. something. And if you know this, if you know G, you know I ain't going to do too much fabricating. You just got to protect people because they knocking people off of somebody. That's <laughs> true. Oh, yeah. I know the greatest lie ever told. What's that? That she gave a fuck about you. Whoa. It's <laughs> the greatest lie that keeps on getting told is what that is. <laughs> it's been told more times than any other that's lie. Right. Tell you that much. That's true. That's true. Oh man! It wins by volume. That's, man, it's been a long day, dog. Um, why? Did, okay, see now I'm thinking about it. Why do you? What's the purpose in that lie, though? What's the purpose in lying to somebody saying, you know what? Um, this virus is so contagious that. You need to be on the 405 with your windows rolled up in your car wearing a mask. Why tell that lie specifically? Man, I think that there's... As far as last year goes. I think there's three reasons. Okay. To be honest. And I think it has to do with trying to manufacture consent, so to speak, uh, to, to pull a... Uh, my second time today making the Noam Chomsky. I don't even like the guy, but it's a it's a solid theory. It, it it enables a peer pressure kind of purging of society to try to fortify a um, a compliant majority. I think that's one aspect of it. I think mail in ballots is another aspect of it, <laughs> and I think that there's such a giant. monetary relationship between pharmaceutical industry and healthcare industries and government and the power of the purse that there's an inherent you know cash grab in that as well i mean you just looked at the uh the the debt clock and, and what was the first thing that came up in the largest <laughs> slice of that pie at 1.8 trillion dollars annually was medicare yeah it's uh, a lot of money why tell that lie doc no i think that's a good one i I think I got a simpler answer, to be honest. I think because you can, right? Like, I think there are enough people out there who believe it and won't push back and won't think about what you're trying to push on them, what agenda you're trying to push, what's going into that. And so I think, you know, I think people who want to tell lies will keep pushing them until they can't get away with it any longer and just keep pushing the envelope, keep making it move. Hmm. So, but we're not we're not saying COVID is a lie. I think the virus is real. I think the I, I think the way that it was sold to the American public, its severity, I think was tremendously oversold. And I think that the methodology for mitigating damage was oversold, if not plain, just made up. Whew. Is there any is there any Sharp. traction to that, Doc? Yeah, I think you know, I think you're I think you're touching on something that we're kind of dancing around it, right? It's like what is what is true about COVID? Well, to figure that out, you gotta have the right means to 
know what COVID is, right? You got to study it. You got to study it in an objective way. I think that what happened with the virus too early was people started trying to frame it a certain way. They're trying to take bits and pieces of information that comported to what they were trying to say or their message, and they ran with it. And I think that that's a big part of it, is that what is objective and what isn't. But they kept telling us that if we didn't believe what they were saying, that we were anti-science or we were rejecting or denying the science. Right. The science seemed a little sporadic. Right. Well, that's, it's kind of weird to me when people call it the science, right? Because the science, the science is, is not a, it's not supposed to be a fixed thing. Science is supposed to be an evolving thing, but it's supposed to evolve in the direction that, you know, the data are showing. So I think for me, it's when people started taking a piece of the science or the evidence that supported what they wanted. And that was it. And you couldn't talk about anything else. That's just fundamentally like unscientific. That isn't science. That's, that's more politics. That's something else. You had some familiarity at least with the, uh, with the antibody study and an attempt early on. I, I thought that we were in for a wild ride when the local news, like the, like there was the debt clock we were looking at before there was a, a COVID death-ometer that was running on the news all the time. It's 1,000, it's 5,000, it's 8,000. Yeah, 8, I remember being upset about that. And then after that, it was it was similar to the wildfire burnometer that they run, that they cheer mm-hmm. on until we get to 100,000, 100,000 acres. And then <laughs> when it shifted over <laughs> from funny. the deathometer to the yeah. caseometer, I'm like, oh, we're fucked. Because by and large, statistically speaking, it wasn't, you know, Ebola that's got this super duper high mortality rate. It, so when you when you change the standard metric for what it is we're dealing with, I think that really opens the door for changing everything with how you deal with it. So yeah. What, like, what did you? The case number. What, what do you think, based off of like projections and some of the stuff that you've seen? How many people in this country do you think actually caught COVID? I mean, it's tough to say. One of the things about the case numbers you bring up, I think it's really interesting, is, um, is you know, what defines a real case, right? Some people had access to testing and they were getting tested on their own. Other people maybe didn't have the same access to testing and waited until they developed symptoms or went to a hospital. So it wasn't an objective measure of who had COVID or not. It was more a measure of who was getting tested. And we can get into it or, you know, talk about it later, but the whole idea of, you know, what constitutes a positive test on a PCR test or something else. So you're right that it wasn't standard and it wasn't uniform from state to state or place to place. So it's hard to say, but I know early on in the pandemic when people were trying to model who, how many people had COVID, it was definitely the case that the, all of the models, all the estimates way over projected what people had with respect to cases compared to what we were able to actually measure. And then that brings that, into that what you were saying. We were being told that there were a million cases when there were 10 million cases. Potentially. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Sure, sure. Exactly. Which, which that's always been a question. Okay. So that's, that's always been a question. Like how much to test? When do you test? Why are you testing? Right. Cause I think that's a lot of the conversation that's not happening. Right. Yeah. Um, 
people feeling comfortable not going to get tested, so right. not being diagnosed. Um, what do you say about at that point that when they say three million people died in the United States in 2020, it's the deadliest year in the United States history? Is that any point to do with COVID? Like how real and how not real is COVID at that point when it comes to people dying? That's a great question. I think it's certainly the case that people died from COVID. That is, they were living their life. They had maybe other diseases going on, diabetes, high blood pressure, something. Sure. But they got COVID and COVID is what killed them, right? But there's a lot of other people who maybe because of their other illnesses and other things that they were dealing with were on a path toward death and they just happened to have COVID. And so separating who died with COVID, that means they tested positive, had the virus, versus who died from COVID. That is, they would be alive had they never contracted the virus a year later. That wasn't, that's a difficult thing to separate. Mm. And it's definitely the case when you look at the people who were dying, especially early on in the pandemic, a lot of them were older, a lot of them were in nursing homes. And so I think it was even harder to separate who was dying and just tested positive for COVID versus who died because they got COVID and that brought them to the hospital and ended up taking their life. Mm. It seems in looking backwards at the circumstance mm. that because the the CDC did kind of quietly leak some data last July, I, I, I think around the 170,000 maybe death toll count, which they said about 94 and a half or something like that or 96 I remember it was 94.6, 96.4, somewhere around 95% of the people who died had comorbidities, and the average number of comorbidities among that 95% was 2.8. Yeah. yeah. So what that leads to in like practical assumption is, all right, we have a number of people who test positive for code. The number of people who have it that don't test right. is going to out, outpace the number of people who false positive, right? Therefore, we're being undersold on the number of cases, and we're being oversold on the number of deaths. Yeah. Therefore, the fatality is being manipulated to the extreme side, not to the uh, minimal side. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, like, yeah, if you look, that at, ma- yeah, that makes perfect sense. Not to interrupt yeah, you. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just, I, I used to feel that way too. Initially, it's like, well, if you're not testing as many people. Yet you're testing people, but if you're counting deaths, even though if you know it might be questionable, is this the actual cause? It does make it. I just don't understand the agenda in that. Well, the immediate agenda, as we saw it, was it justifies a declaration of emergency, which completely opens a different chapter in the constitutionality for lawmakers. You have temporary emergency, uh, a, a temporary, de- a, a declared temporary state of emergency, then the power of government at all levels is different. And the restrictions on government at all levels are essentially, you know, re- released. So what passed that would make that make sense for that reason? You know, OK, if, th- if this was the goal to get this type of control, right, to go into that phase of control. What laws pass? You know, do you are you familiar with the laws that pass in that time to to even? Uh, yeah, I remember like laws that locked down all the small businesses in the country. 
You couldn't normally do that without a state of emergency declaration. There was also probably a dozen states that unconstitutionally manipulated their election laws. You couldn't do that without a state of emergency ex- explana- uh, mm. state of emergency declaration. You couldn't do that with one, but because of the social pressure, the courts didn't want to fight it. So there, I mean, who was one of the biggest and most entrenched entities as far as their relationship with the federal government? Amazon. Amazon not only contributes a lot. A- Amazon fought the internet tax for like a decade and then they realized wait a second we're the only ones who can actually manage an internet tax very effectively relative to all of our small business competitors and then they changed and started buying senators to enforce the or to pass the internet tax it passed in like a week because mm, they knew they was the only one that could pay it and, and what company made more money than amazon during the lockdowns i'll yeah. wait <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you, Doc. No, 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 I worries, was going, no worries, no worries. He was, I was falling down that hole. I had to get there. You got, hey, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry, Doc. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. I was gonna, I was just gonna say, you know, what he had said was like, you know, that that idea that if you're only looking at a hundred people and let's say ten of them died from COVID, it makes it look like you know you got ten percent of the people with COVID dying, but if in reality a thousand people had COVID and you just didn't see. A lot of them. They were just out. It was a mild flu. They never went to the hospital. You never tested them. You don't. It, like what Peter was saying, I think. And it, of that 10, maybe six of them were on the doorstep. Yeah, anyway. that's the question. And so I think the big the big point is that, you know, we don't know what was, what was real and what wasn't. I think what Peter said was exactly right. People were responding to the situation. And there was a lot of fear at the time. It's and always fear. Always. And that, always that was the key. dominant, that was the dominant, you know, emotion. And so people weren't stopping to think like, wait, who's really getting sick? How many people are really getting sick? What's going on with these tests? It was just all about the fear. And I think that was the most important aspect. Why are people still alive in the state of Florida? That's a good question. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> right, is this a question pre or post COVID? <laughs> <laughs> Is, is this a pre-COVID or right. post-COVID question? Does Florida be going up? Well, we'll we'll look at it as a post-COVID question. We'll bring <laughs> yeah. a different guest on and ask it as a ask pre-COVID it. question bring someone in from, a later yeah. episode. Bring someone from Florida. <laughs> we can have a podcast just from the polarizing state. No, it's Florida. <laughs> Florida is some shit. If you know what's funny about Florida? It sticks out in lifestyle and in geography. Like, I'm almost yeah, surprised yeah, yeah. that at some point the rest of the country doesn't just build a fence and go, you know what, fuck it. Y'all just over there. It's, it's now Baja, California. It's Baja, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. My favorite state in the country, by the way. Fact. No joke. Moving there. No, Love because it. it's, yeah, it's, it's, such, it's so wild, wild west there. It's wild it's southeast. It's <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, so. That everything we have to so everything we think about COVID. So is COVID killing a totally healthy person? So I think COVID can kill a totally healthy person, but in the same way that a lot of things can kill totally healthy people that we don't understand. So I think that it isn't it's not to say that that can happen, but the question is, can it happen enough? to where all healthy people have to lock down or do something different with their lives. Like that's the question. And I think that just going back to that point about, you know, when you have the fear and you make every healthy person feel like they have the same risk of dying from COVID, 
people are going to act in the way that that we saw last year. We ain't going to have toilet tissue. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> wipe your They're ass gonna with newspaper. Wipe, Costco will be wiped out. Everything will be wiped out. That's it. <laughs> wipe your ass with newspaper. Tell us People right. was wiping their ass with newspaper. Well, true. there was a lot of bad news, so people didn't want to read that. They <laughs> <laughs> can't buy no tissue. They got nothing but bad news. The LA yeah. Times keeps saying they're locking down more and more and shit. They're, you're going to wipe your ass with it. <laughs> nothing else to do with it. Yeah. Could you explain a little bit medically, yeah. like, if I have, because COVID is basically defined as a respiratory type of thing hmm. for, for your airways, lungs, sinuses, all that kind of stuff. If I have a problem with my kidneys or with my liver or something like that, why is COVID going to knock me out so, so much more easily? Yeah, that's a good question. So COVID, it primarily affects you in the airways. That's how we, we think of it. It causes like a pneumonia, like in, infection of your lungs, right? You can't breathe. You got to be on a ventilator or something like that. But actually, any virus that you're infected with or any, any bacteria, anything you get infected with can have a whole body effect because your whole body's immune system is responding to this infection. And so if you got kidney disease, if you got liver disease. It finds a weakness. That's right. And you're already weak. You can't fight at full strength. Like a lot of people on that CDC spreadsheet yeah. had died of renal failure with right. COVID. Right. Your kidneys. kidneys locking up. Yeah, your kidneys. And your kidneys are very sensitive to how much fluid you got in your body. And so if you got a lot of inflammation, you got fluid building up in your lungs, you don't have enough going to the kidneys and they can get hurt. But the idea is just that when you have liver disease, you have kidney disease, you have heart disease, you're kind of sick globally. Your whole body's off. And so you add one more thing on top of that. You add COVID, you add a strep infection, you add something like that, it can tip tip you over. Exactly, exactly. You were saying something I remember uh, previously, you know, off mics about um oxygen access to like ailing organs or something like that with this mm-hmm. having having that sort of effect on that yeah so when you're when your lungs get infected one of the things that happens is and they get filled with fluid because you get all this inflammation almost like you bump your hand into the table and it gets red it gets swollen something like that or bump your foot into the table so the same things in your lungs they'll get swollen they'll get filled up with all this fluid and now you can't get oxygen to different parts of your body so Everything can get affected from that, but that's kind of a that's kind of a secondary problem to the original problem, which is just your body's reaction, like the inflammation reaction yeah. to COVID. And if you're fighting a degenerative over. illness, does that like especially like because there's like an infection, an infectious yeah. illness, like you caught this virus or this bacterial yeah, strain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there's also where you know where something's just breaking down, like with age or from a lifestyle or whatever else. Does that impact your immune system? Yeah, 100%. So if you got a chronic disease, so normally if you think about your immune system, let's say you're a healthy person, you get you get a flu or something, right? You feel like crap for three, four days. That's your immune system fighting off that virus, right? And then you get back to normal. You feel good. Your airways clear up. You can breathe okay. You're not coughing. You're back to normal. So your immune system will turn on to fight the virus and then go back down. That's kind of the normal response. Mm-hmm. When you got a chronic disease, you got liver disease, you got diabetes, you got something like that, your immune system is on and it's always on. And that overdrive... What's your immune system think it's going to do? Not fix the problem, that's for sure. Fighting. Yeah, just fighting. Then you send something else in here and that shit tired. Like, damn, yeah. whoop my ass already. I fight this that's shit it. too? That's it. Man. I imagine that as such a city. It's, it's a movie. What's that movie with... Uh, it was kind of about something like this. Um, it was an animated movie about like how your immune system worked and it was fighting something. 
And it was with a six man with Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, with Bill Murray, where yeah. he was like the phlegm and that thing, guy, the pimple shot out of the forehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Something Jones for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Something Jones, because I forgot the name. But yeah, that it actually was a really good. I feel like animated, <laughs> call me immature, but I feel like animated films are a great way to teach people Definitely. things that they could not understand and putting yeah. it into. I think it did a better job probably than that movie Outbreak. Much better. Outbreak was some shit. Yeah. Lord. <laughs> Outbreak had you scared of monkeys forever. <laughs> Spit on me. Yeah. Uh, so am I wrong to think, Doc, that because, like, they have no quite idea of how people are catching it still. They have no true exact science of how people are catching it still. Like, how accurate? Because it doesn't make sense. We're in a room full of masks and people are scared to death. They're still wearing a ton of masks and people are still catching it. So I've always had this belief like, yo, they don't, it hasn't been enough time for them to fully understand quite how this is being transmitted because it's happening so fast, not to mention to the people who are never getting tested. I, I would have liked to believe in the United States of America, how many, it's 400 people, 400 million? A little less, about 350, something like that. But All right, yeah, so it's pretty give close, right? So I wanted to believe probably 75% of the population has came across some bout with COVID, just not everybody didn't deal with it the same way. But I just don't, it doesn't seem like they have an exact science of how it's spreading. So they're like taking these super giant, stay a thousand feet from him, <laughs> his mask on, yeah. uh, four uh, masks on, shield, yeah. shield uh, uh, don't go outside, windows up. You know, don't breathe air outside. Like it's just randomness to me that it wouldn't be as exact like with like HIV. Where it's like, like why was yeah. LA yeah. County, yeah. which was super closed down, and Houston, yeah. which was super open, and and LA County seemed to be plagued with worse numbers than Houston. Like, right. What's, what right. was that all about? No, I think yeah, I think it's a great question. I think so. The biggest problem with that is you're right. Right. This was a brand new virus. We knew nothing about it when it started a year and a half ago. But even though it's been on Lysol cans for like that's right, <laughs> that's right. You see that shit on the Lysol can? I was like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> I remember being so up. You ever noticed that King was on the Lysol can? Nah, haven't. Yeah, it's one of the listed viruses on the Lysol can, and I like I had a Lysol can from 2019. I was yeah. like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> the other coronaviruses, Ridiculous. yeah. And so I think, but to your point though, I think like what we should have done right away is figure that out, right? The first questions you would have is. How does this thing transmit? Who gets infected? And who's at risk for getting sick, hospitalized, and dying? Right? Those are the first three questions you want to know. And it goes back to what we said earlier. When that happened, we didn't respond that way. We came out with the fear. And you got a double mask, triple mask. You got to stay six feet away from each other. You got to quarantine for don't 14 days. Don't go outside. Yeah. Don't, go to, don't walk your kids. And none of that was based in science. It was just all like you said. Like it was just a reaction. But because we had that reaction and that was the first thing that happened, it's really hard to go back now and be like, okay, now let's break this down and figure it out. Like that stuff you, we've been telling you to do for the last year and a half, it doesn't work, you know? So I think that's the real question. The reason why we don't know now is because from the very beginning, we didn't start off with that mindset of like, let's figure this out objectively. And maybe the answer is we don't need masks. Or maybe the answer is we need three masks, whatever it is. Sure. We needed to figure that out objectively. Yeah, but when we came out and... It's like, oh, run! Yeah, it came out and took a stance. You can't turn around now and be like, oh, we're just playing. We're just playing. There's a joke in my community, bro. 
where if you just start running, you just start running. Everybody else Everybody is just going to run. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, and I, Pete is different, y'all, because y'all be standing looking at shit. White folks be just looking. They see everybody yeah. else running, be like, what's going on? <laughs> we, so I don't know who's crazier. I don't know if it's crazier to run because if, you know, run if somebody starts running, you start running later. too. Yeah, or is it crazy to be like, what's going on? Think Let about it. See. Yeah, trying to figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I guess it just depends on how much you do or don't like running. <laughs> depends on what kind of shoes you're wearing, honestly. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest, it's true. That's you true. got the right shoes. Let's yeah, go. Hey. I mean, if you want to get some cardio might in, might as then, well. Hey, might know, as well. Fuck. White Cedric people must it. not like to run. Cedric the Entertainer did it. Yeah, he did it great. I just watched that last night. I forgot that Bernie Mac's piece on that was probably my favorite piece of comedy oh, yeah, I've ever seen nasty. in my life. That was nasty. It that was, was unbelievable. So Rest in peace, Bernie, yeah. man. He was mm-hmm. cool, too. He was cold. Um, yeah, but I felt like that was the reaction. Like, like hold up. Oh, shit. And then everybody started <laughs> I was like, and, and you know me, my, my intellect, my education, you know, just not furthering it, you know, and, and not staying focused sometimes voids me of the terminology. But I know exactly my intellect is processing. And I would just be like, man, this is some bullshit. Now, not COVID is some bullshit, but right. what the fuck is we all doing? Like, right, what the right, fuck is right. going on? Right. Yeah. Now, well, that don't mean I'm going to run into where everybody's running from, but I'm definitely going to, I'm not going to keep running. I'm going to just kind of stand behind a brick wall and be like, wait a minute. And I'm going to get out the way and just look like, what are y'all doing? What the fuck is happening? Yeah, there, there was some trash with it. I mean, like, obviously, the one of the political debates that's, you know, forever in the country is centralized versus less centralized government. Mm-hmm. You could kind of see that play out in the COVID thing because you could go to Walmart where everyone's centralized Bro. in one building, but you can't go oh, distribute sh- yourself to 500 stores down a 10-mile stretch. How does that even make sense? Yep. Yep. Because Walmart has better inside-the-beltway political contributors than all the small stores. But how does that make sense within oh, the theme of the shit you're saying? I thought saying? you meant C-E-N-T sense. I'm sorry. <laughs> shit. My mistake. C-E-N-T sense. But how does that... It's like, okay, we're not going to allow... We're not going to inform all of these stores how to deal with this, we're going to say, no, no, we're not going to do that. Y'all don't open. We're going to pack you all in a place, even though we're all telling you to stay six feet apart and to not go outside. So we're going to all put you yeah. in one place specifically. Not, okay, you can do 30 people here today, 30 people there today. Just you know, spread it out. It's like, no, right. everybody go here. They should have right. closed down the big stores only. If anything, <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, no, like, that makes and sense. I spent a lot of time in Vegas last summer. I'm like, hold on, this disease is really targeting the elderly. Why has this 85 year old woman been standing outside in 117 degree heat in line waiting to get into Walmart since one o'clock and it's 4 30? That's a great That's point. true. That's true. Like, she's going to fall down dead before she even makes it in there. But Walmart. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> Walmart should have been the only shit not. No, you would go to Walmart. Walmart and the mall are closed. Everything else is open. (laughs) You go to Walmart, there's people all in this motherfucker. Ain't no tissue. You like. People are sampling peaches down the line. Sampling firm tomatoes and shit. God damn. Touching on all these peaches and shit. Shining apples on their mask, looking yeah. at them. This one looks good. Favorite, pulling down the mask to sneeze. I love that yeah. right there. Just sneezing all over this, put it back on afterwards. Yeah. No, the coldest part is when you be talking to somebody and uh, the person at the register can't hear you through the mask. 
So they'd be like, oh, could you just pull down your mask? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> bro, what the fuck? So it, it's a lot of questions I had the whole time. And don't get me wrong, man. Culturally, like we, it's a it's a lack of trust for us and 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 the government, obviously, especially where I come from. Like it's huge lack of trust, huge question marks. Like all you taught is like, nah, they don't want you alive. So every right. time it's like. Even now, I'll argue with Van Lathan. You know, that my skepticism is like probably my favorite macro quality of the black community. Is, is that inherent yeah. skepticism? Because that is truly kind of what you stand for. It's like, yeah, I don't believe you. Yeah, you're gonna have to do more. Prove than it. Just tell me something. Prove it. Um, but me, Van was arguing, and I was telling Van, I'm like, Van, why would I trust somebody who we legitimately always agree with is trying to destroy us consistently? Well, you know, white people are taking the sound. I'm like. Yeah, no, no. We've done this one before too. We've done that before. So I don't know. It's just weird, man. It's it's 2020 was different. You know what I mean? It was it was yeah. really different, and it was a lot of things that you know I thought as as a country, um, we just kind of didn't do well with, especially to be a, a capitalist country. You know what I mean? Like it right. was like. Well, when you really think about it, it actually did work out because Walmart didn't right. shut down. Right. It, 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 it was well. a testament not to free market capitalism. It was a testament to oligarchical government intervention more so. There was, I mean, it, the competitive free marketplace did not exist in 2020, at least yeah. for most of Walmart, it. Walmart, Amazon, or nothing. Yeah. Do you want this $30 napkins yeah. or How what? How much money did Netflix <laughs> make last year? Jesus Christ. Net yeah, make, yeah. Netflix had been spending money on content for five years, and they got all the ROI back yeah. in five yeah. months. Yeah. That's a great point. Damn. Um. So, don't say you're saying this is a power play. Okay, so, we we all agree COVID, is that's a real thing. Yeah, for sure. It's knocking people down. For sure. Okay. I had it. I tested positive for it. Um, yeah, yeah. Best I, I, thing ever happened. Everybody has. Did, I did think. it knock you down? Did it didn't put you down? I thought like, it was that I had a few too many drinks one night, and I'm like, I had like four. I shouldn't be laid up for two days. And then by the time I actually had the energy to go get up and get the test, I was fine. And was it took a week and a half for them to give ass. me the results. By the time they gave Man, me the it results. it whooped my ass. I didn't lose my taste bud, but I lost my appetite. I lost my taste buds, and I had this really good cigar that I was, like, going to have as my first cigar back from COVID. And then I realized that I couldn't taste it, and it was a waste of that cigar. It was a catastrophe. It was such a, such a shame. It was way worse than the virus itself, which did cure long-term chronic acute sinus infection I'd been fighting for about eight years. Imagine that day somebody offered you an 80-year-old scotch. It was like, it's either today or nothing. While you're at the peak of your tasteless COVID. I'd have held it in my mouth for six weeks till my taste came back. <laughs> Say something to me. Y'all know me. Hold it. For six weeks, just keeping it there. I'd have had Wait no teeth and no gums, but I'd have been able to taste that book. So you would just put it in your COVID mouth and spit it back in the cup and drag it one. No, I'd have held it in my mouth the whole goddamn time. I'd have been on an IV for a month. I can't even. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if that was some good scotch, that would have taken care of the COVID real quick. Well, so. sure. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. Woo! 
As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I can't ask you this, Doc, because this don't. I don't think they still know what, how people are catching it, how to actually kill it. I think they don't know. Like I had a lot of, like I've, I'm thinking, a lot of people I know that I told like what helped me a lot was Pedialyte. I have no idea why, but Pedialyte got me back in the game because it was whooping my ass for about a good seven rounds. Like I, I was getting whooped in the fight. Yeah. You know, I came in the corner one of them nights, and I drank that Pedialyte, and I came out in that eighth round. I was like, hold up. We'll turn this fight around. I got a couple knockdowns, and then I won the fight. It went all 12, though. But well, I won the fight. He did talk about fluids and being hydrated. Yeah, being hydrated is important. It, you know, but about how you get it is a good question. Like, initially, everyone thought you got it from droplets. You know, you cough, the some spit, spit comes out, like, goes to the... a lot. But you remember early on, it was like, you know, people were worried if you touch surfaces that had it, then you touch your mouth and that, you know, that you can get it. So you want to rub down everything, whatever. <laughs> Who touches the table and be like, yeah, let me... Yeah, let me, let me see. What does this taste? Let me, let me see some of this. <laughs> a lot of the ideas, forgive me, and I know everybody will get mad, but I, I felt like Trump, I was like, 
This shit is stupid. Not saying it's not real, but right. this shit is stupid. What the fuck are we doing? Right. The messaging was off. Right. I think I think you guys touched on it earlier. Like w- the thing for me was like the skepticism. It wasn't there, and it wasn't there from anyone. It wasn't there from anyone in the scientific community. It wasn't there from anyone. Like everyone. What do just... you mean when you say the skepticism wasn't there? So the skepticism. Like normally, normally yeah. how we feel about what the government is telling us, we always like hold up. What y'all got you? COVID was one of the few things where it was like. That was that that first time people start running. Everybody was like, "Hold up, let me just run." Right, right. right, right. Normally, you'd be like, "Hold up, bro. What what y'all think y'all about to do? We we don't trust y'all." Yeah, and I think it was difficult to even have that conversation. Like, you couldn't even really ask if you had any public platform. Like, hey, wait a minute. Like, how do you get this again? This doesn't make any sense. Or a month ago, we said masks weren't helpful, and now we're saying they are. Like, you couldn't do that. You had to just you had to just follow whatever today's message was and stay on message. And that's the problem. Like, I think that's why we couldn't, looking back, some of the stuff we were saying, it sounds stupid. Like, how, what? We believe that for a minute? Was there any top-down manipulation within the scientific research community industry that either came from funding stipulations or government pressure or just internalized pressure that you feel like may have impacted the ability to have, like, an like integrous research? Yeah, that's a good question. So I have no evidence. Obviously, I'm not. Pri- I have no evidence of any. You know, fun. I couldn't follow money and tell you that people were paid to keep certain things quiet or whatever. But what was interesting to me was that, like, usually when you have a scientific finding, people will continue to study that. In COVID, everyone wanted to study it. It was weird to me when everyone started saying the same thing. Right? Like you didn't see dissenting opinions or you didn't see people disagreeing with each other publicly everyone on tv was saying the same thing was everybody behind the scenes like in the scientific research community saying the exact same thing as what everybody on television was saying uh, i mean i don't think so i think that's i think like your homies like when you and your homies would kind of talk yeah. you'd be like i don't know man i kind of saw something but you know you couldn't say it loud but you had to talk to your partners your doctor partners behind the scene like man i don't know man yeah, I think over time, I think early on, everyone was kind of waiting and seeing like, hey, what is this going to be, right? Like, we got to wait. Like, some people bought in, whatever the message is First today, day. let's go. Yeah. Like you said, they took off running, they went. They sprinted, right? <laughs> Other people, I think, wanted to wait and see and say, all right, you know, let's see what this is. But it was the case where, you remember last summer, right, when they said myocarditis, right? Yeah. Athletes were going to play college football. They're all going to get COVID myocarditis and start dropping dead on the field and stuff, right? What was interesting to me, I said, okay, let's just wait and see what happens. A month comes, two months into the season, three months in the season. I'm watching the I'm watching the college football championship game, and there hadn't been a single player all season that dropped dead with myocarditis. And so naturally, well, I think people just start asking questions like, "What we thought five months ago, we have no evidence to support that anymore." You'd like, mentioned at the time, and yeah. this happened just last week again with that Massachusetts thing with the vaccine vaccinated people and the new cases. But wasn't it like a somewhere in Europe there was a small sample size kind of skewed study that was released, and the myocarditis thing was pretty much trampolined off that study, and that study was pretty healthily debunked. Yeah, that's exactly right. So the study that tipped it off was from I think it was from Germany, but it was out of Europe for sure. And what they did is they were looking at people who had COVID, and they wanted to look at their hearts to see if they had inflammation in their heart. That's myocarditis, right? Inflammation of the heart. And so they took like, I forget the number, but they took, let's just say it was a hundred people that had COVID and they said, okay, let's look at all their hearts and see how many of them have myocarditis or inflammation of their heart. 
and they had some number, let's say it was 3% or whatever it was. That's a, that's cool. That, but that study doesn't mean that everyone who gets infected with COVID is going to get myocarditis. There's no control for that, right? You need a yeah. control. You need to be able to say, okay, how many football players, if you just looked at their hearts, have inflammation just from playing football, tackling each other, running around out there. What is the normal rate of myocarditis or inflammation of the heart that you can see in a football player? And then compare that to football players who get COVID. So it wasn't a good study. It was a study that came out that got people scared, I think, initially. And then in America, people were saying, hey, this is something we got to keep an eye out for. And the whole college football season happens, and there wasn't a single case of someone getting hospitalized with myocarditis. And I don't remember there being a huge rampant wave of people dying of myocarditis outside of football or anything else, right. like anywhere, really. It was like whatever s sample of patients that they reviewed for that study seemed either anomalous or like they – or they went to the myocarditis wing of the hospital and started testing for COVID. Right. No, I think it's, I think that's the best evidence in support of your position is like, just wait and see what happens. And if myocarditis was really happening in 3% of people with COVID, we'd have, you know, thousands of cases of myocarditis, right? But we have we didn't see that. So I think you're exactly right that the evidence, when you just sat and watched what happened in real time, you can model whatever you want on a computer, you can develop you know, ways to predict what's going to happen. But if you just sit back and give it some time and wait and see, then you, then, you know, in reality, like what, what is truth and what isn't. And what happened was cases came, no one really got myocarditis. No one went back and talked about it. No one was like, Hey, five months ago, we thought there's gonna be a lot of myocarditis. There wasn't any, we just kind of moved on to the next thing, you know, the next variant. Nobody, or the next come, nobody came out and said, Hey, I was wrong. Yeah, exactly. Still exactly. to this day, nobody no one took came account out of like, yo, I was yeah. wrong. Yeah, 100%. No one has been wrong. In spite of the fact that people have been right about the thing from in different ways at different times, no one has yet been wrong, which is fascinating that everyone's bad at a thousand in opposite directions. Yes. That's a great point. That's how they feel for sure. Okay, so fast forward vaccines, right? And, and this is the good stuff. Um so right off the rip, right? Vaccines do not protect you. Excuse me. Vaccines do not mean you will not contract a virus. Well, explain That's, real quick. Could you the difference between sure. the polio vaccine and an mRNA vaccine, which is what we have with this? Yeah. So there are a couple of different types of polio vaccines, but the the traditional vaccine, the way they had done it in the past, is you can take a virus and you can sort of um, you could sort of kill it. Right. So it won't infect you. It won't cause a full on infection. You kind of just you make it like a milder version. Weak. You weaken it. Yeah, that's perfect. And you inject that weakened virus into someone. And then you let the and then you let the immune system go to work. Out. Exactly. So it's like so it's like sparring before a boxing match. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You get used right. to the like, OK, I'm not going to put you in with Mike Tyson, but I'll put you in with David Tua to get you prepared for Mike Tyson. So by the time you fight Mike Tyson for real with no headgear you already kind of are familiar with what you're looking at, so you're prepared for the fight. Right. That's that's a perfect analogy. That's exactly what that's what virus that's what vaccines or that's what polio you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. polio. Another that, and, that's the original idea of a vaccine. Exactly. So yeah, sparring. Yeah, yeah. Give you okay, yeah, sparring. give you a weakened version so you can spar with it. It's great sparring. And your immune sure. system's yeah. ready to go. It's familiar. So you get, like when we get in the yeah. ring now with the real we know deal, what we're doing. are we ready? We exactly. Know we, I'm looking for the hook you throwing, I'm looking for the uppercut you throwing. I'm, I'm prepared for your shots. Exactly. That's exactly okay. right. Now the COVID vaccines, at least the the Pfizer and the Moderna ones, these ones have a the different technology to them. 
the same concept. They're trying to expose you to a part of the virus so you can warm up your immune system. You can spar a little bit. So when you get infected with COVID or you get exposed to COVID, you know how to fight it. These vaccines work a little bit differently, though. Instead of giving you a weakened virus, they give you just one of the one of the um, mRNAs. It's it's one of the parts of the viral DNA. And so what it is, the is RNA is a protein, right? Yeah, the RNA becomes protein. Oh, okay. So the virus, the way to think about a virus is it's made of protein. That's kind of like the the clothes on the virus, the shirt and that kind of thing. Mm. And then it has DNA or RNA. That's kind of the internal message that the virus carries. So it's branding and marketing. Exactly. That's so perfect. It's the branding. And then the RNA is the marketing. Yeah. It's the actual what's Del Taco's RNA is fresh, healthy, clean eating, uh, uh, Mexican food, uh, 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 um, all these things once you walk inside. But the branding itself doesn't show that. The outside yeah. doesn't show that. That's right. That's perfect. So, yeah, a good analogy with that would be like the, the instruction manual for how to make Del Taco food or whatever. Sure. That's the RNA. Sure. That's the message. Yeah. And then the food you're putting out and serving customers, that's your protein. That's like the okay. that's the real stuff that people interact okay. with. Yeah, I like that. So you can take the instructions from the virus, that's the RNA, and you can put that into a person. And your body will make that protein. It'll make that food. It'll say, all right, here's the, here's the recipe. I'm going to start making this, this food. And then that food you're making is a virus, and your immune system will respond to that. So then you'll go to that sparring. That sparring. So it's even a weaker version. Of it. Yeah, it's kind of it's like, like a more. It's not like it's like trying to make your own Del Taco. It's like it's quite not Del Taco, but yeah, Del Taco. De- oh, okay, damn. Yeah, so that's pretty good. Yeah, the Del Taco. That's, that's a great analogy. It's like someone just gave you instructions to go. Here's so, yeah, a recipe. Well, hook this up. Here's a recipe. Go you go to the grocery store. Go you buy your stuff. You may not yeah. have the proper shells that they use and all that. But yeah. this is kind of the idea of what it tastes like. Yeah, and so that's that's the first time we made vaccines starting from that RNA from that message. Usually, we just take the virus, or we'll take the virus protein and we'll put that in into a person. Mm-hmm. But this time, it was let's start from that RNA. So with that, the concept's the same, though. Your body takes that message, makes the protein, and then fights it, and then now you're ready to go if you get infected. You're ready for a fight, yeah. sure. Yeah. It seems I, I'm very, very critical yeah. of the case count metric. It seems that this is the case count metric that was kind of used to amplify response by the power structure in the country coming back to bite itself in the ass with this with the vaccine situation because the vac- a vaccine is it doesn't mean that a virus especially this mrna vaccine anyway is gonna be airborne and, and stop within four inches of you it means that you might contract the virus but your body will not it has be a better, victim to it manifesting it has, to a terminal point it has a better chance in the fight yeah right yeah right right yeah that's exactly right so like when you get the vaccine it doesn't mean you can't get infected. It also doesn't mean you can't get infected and have some symptoms. Mm. But what you hope for is that You're without prepare for the fight. Exactly. Without You're the vaccine. Take a shot or two. Exactly. Yeah. If you went into a match and you didn't spar at all, you're out. You feel you, you fucked get, up. Yeah, first round, you're knocked out. It's over. <laughs> but you're hoping that you can maybe go the distance. Maybe sure. you can make it competitive. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. the idea. You're not keeping yourself from getting infected. But you're just hoping that when you do get infected, you can, you're better off for the fight. Why did we change... You know, is this the first, you know, virus that we changed on how we manufacture uh, uh, vaccines? For those mRNA vaccines? Yeah. So, yeah, the this was the first virus that we developed mRNA vaccines for. The technology for it, like how to – there a lot of stuff has to happen in the background to get to that point. So, for example, we didn't know 50 years ago, for example, 100 years ago, that 
RNA or mRNA even existed. So you had to discover what that was first. And then we didn't know how to isolate it. You have to do that. So it's kind of building on a lot of work to get to that point. Which but comes to the conclusion is people are going to be getting fucked up in this fight because it's an even more weakened version of the opponent you're going to fight. So it, it, that's the question is that that's where people are trying to figure out is how does it compare? And it's obvious it makes sense. Why the mRNA vaccine concept for this rather than the traditional model? Is it the, the traditional model is harder to obtain? This is a more expedited path to that's a why, goal? Yeah. That's a good question. So people have tried to make uh, coronavirus vaccines in the past. So this this SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19, it has a it comes from a family of viruses that are kind of similar, coronaviruses, right? And people have tried to make vaccines against other coronaviruses in the past using those the traditional methods for making vaccines, and they haven't been effective. So they make the vaccine, they give it to people. And for whatever reason, people are still getting hospitalized and dying at the same rate from previous. They can't, we- they can't yeah. weaken it. No yeah, efficacy. It wasn't. Yeah, no efficacy. Exactly. So with this one, I think that there was just kind of a shotgun approach. You have the mRNA technology that has kind of been improving year been over year. On it for years. And, and years. you have. and But there are still traditional vaccines being made. So I think mm-hmm. the Johnson Johnson is a traditional vaccine. I thought. I, fucking doc, cuz. I thought that. I was like. Yeah. My mom used to always tell me something. Rest her soul. She said. Remember this about brands. Brands are the e- the most popular brands that are in the public face are the easiest to be held accountable. Mm. So they're going to, like, I would try to buy, growing up, right, when I got out of the house, I got out of the house at 17. I'm living by myself. Sorry to cut you. No, no, no. You made me think of that. But I would go and save money to buy off-brand product because I, I didn't care about Bounty. You know, I don't care about Tide. Fuck are these people? They're not the homie. You know what I mean? Who Who are these brands? She was like, no, it's a ethics that carries with these popular brands where they are more than likely to have to do right by you versus the brands that are kind of the things you don't know about that are not as popular. So even though, mm-hmm. was it Moderna, all of those mm-hmm. are popular brands within the medical world, mm-hmm. they're not as popular of a brand as Johnson & Johnson. So that's why the Johnson & Johnson, some people getting their ass whooped because it's closer to the... So they're they're doing the old school way. Yeah, yeah. And so people, it wasn't like they all the companies coordinated and said, hey, let's all develop an mRNA vaccine or let's all develop a traditional vaccine. I think different companies, and this goes back to the policy that was done. I think Donald Trump was like, hey, I'm going to just open up a bunch of money. You guys, you know, if you want to take this money, I'm going to invest in 15 companies and I'm just going to see who can develop a vaccine so we can get out of this. And some of the companies developed mRNA vaccines, some developed regular ones, but the the point of the vaccine is if it's supposed to prepare you for the infection and be make you better prepared so you can you can handle that infection better the question just becomes okay what is the efficacy of these vaccines just because a traditional vaccine didn't work for another coronavirus it doesn't mean it can't be effective for this one and vice versa just because you have a new technology it doesn't mean it can be more effective than the old you got to do the studies and figure it out if you took a hundred thousand people yeah and they all had the polio vaccine yeah. and exposed all of them to polio would some amount of them not not say have advanced terminal bad polio but y- you could continue to test them again and again and again and and there would be a point where a lot of them who were vaccinated or most would show at some point yeah they're positive for polio yeah, I I would think so. I don't know the exact. I, I polio was a little before your yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was the, I haven't let's gotten. Let's take everybody. Let's take time. something else. But, but I no, How but I would say like hepatitis B. Yeah, no, but I would say your <laughs> your point with the polio one is exactly right though. Like I don't think that there's a vaccine 
that's been made that's been a hundred percent effective in all circumstances right so like for example even if you've been vaccinating against polio who knows if you're getting exposed to sure, it or some people probably are still yeah, just not talking about exactly it. and so for hepatitis a good example is that is that when you work in healthcare, you have to get vaccinated for hepatitis hepatitis b right yeah. and when you start working they don't just take your vaccination record and say okay you're good to go they measure your antibody levels in your blood because they want to make sure you have enough of them if you had uh, enough of them mm-hmm. and it's effective and it's effective for you and you could you still for an interim period of a day or two contract hepatitis b before your body eradicates it such that you could still test positive for it yes and a good answer to your question about how confident you are in that vaccine keeping you from getting infected at all is if right now i'm in the hospital and i get stuck with a needle and the person that uh if from a patient that had hepatitis Mm. They immediately give me another booster of the vaccine and they'll give me a treatment for it right away. They'll just treat me prophylactically, even though I've been vaccinated in the past. So they're telling you with that, that we know you've been vaccinated. We know, you know, you have enough for this, but it ain't enough because we just want to be careful. And so, yeah, I think 100 percent that you can have someone who's still exposed after vaccinations of different kinds and still get infected with things. Yeah. What's your take, speaking of treatments Mm. on what kind of seemed like an aggressive skepticism toward treatments for people post-infection i mean prior to the vaccine even post-vaccine like there seems to be some evidence that there are a handful of treatments that are very effective and they seem to be very frowned upon is that fair is that what what's kind of the take there yeah i think that's fair i think my overall perception of it is the approach to the treatments should have been the same as the approach to the questions about how can you transmit the virus do we need masks? How do the vaccines work? It should have been openly, it should have been objective. Does this treatment work or does it not work? And the only way to know is you got to test it. So early on in the pandemic, people were publishing studies and it turns out some of the data they were using in those studies were completely fabricated, completely faked. And those studies got retracted, right? So it was very hard to figure out what is what is real, what's accurate, what's being accurately reported and what isn't. My, my, perception here my 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 take on it is that i think there are treatments that are effective for certain people i think we didn't do a good enough job of exploring those the same way we didn't do a good enough job of exploring who really is at risk of getting covid and getting really sick from it we just kind of took a a one-size-fits-all approach and i think that's why a lot of these treatment questions are being answered a year later after we have the vaccine we're starting to now see the testing so we still be now we're being tested on to a degree exactly so the the um so the new way of creating vaccine is called the mrna mrna yeah. M- mrna what's right? the m stand for messenger gotcha you have different so, types of rna that one's the messenger so That's that creates the, the the it's the it's the it's the cookbook of how to make it and this is your body producing it yeah it, that's the cookbook for how to make the proteins and your protein is what your body deals with that's that's the food at the restaurant that you're eating yeah so yeah so again so but it's not Again, it's kind of like the, the 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 fast food version of a good hamburger, to a degree. And and this probably would be the argument or something that that would offend somebody because it's like going to McDonald's getting a burger versus making a burger at home, right? right. Like taking the real virus and making a hamburger for your body to feast on versus hey, we're gonna go to McDonald's. Yeah. I- oh, so it's hmm. refining. Refining. Refine like like, like oil? sugar, oh, sugar. wheat, mm-hmm. oil. It's refining. It's it's a refined version of the product. 
a little bit, I would, I would say. Mark my words, when it's all said and done, that's what it's, gonna it's be. going to be a refined version of the product. Because it's how McDonald's is to the burger. It's faster. That's part of America, especially America. I think other countries as well, but especially America, it's about speed now. Mm-hmm. The, the greatest business to me is convenience. Mm. What's fastest? What's fastest? What's what's fastest? Fuck the quality to a degree, right? That's why we're so happy with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is a decent chicken sandwich, decent chicken tenders. Compared to everything else that's faster, it's great. But it's still not as great as a full quality version of the same food. Yeah. So I think what they're doing is they found a way to make it faster. They've gotten better, perfected it. So which ones are mRNA and which one is, what's the old method called? Yeah, different ones. So you can have... Uh, the words would be like live attenuated virus. That's a weakened virus. Okay. You can also have That's just, what we doing with polio. Yeah, exactly. You can also have just a protein taken, and that would just be a vaccine based off of a uh, an antigen vaccine, just a protein vaccine. That's what they use in outbreak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, actually, yeah, I think that is. <laughs> I remember what. They- and, and so, uh, and so, I. But to your point, I think what that what that opens up is this idea that like your vaccine is going to be as good as the target you're using it for. What are all so, the flu vaccines? Like uh-huh. What are a lot of those? I think they vary year to year. I, I'm not I have to go look into what the recent one is because there's also like a nasal one. I think that just be it's just made from a protein. I think I don't mm-hmm. think it's even there is a version of the flu vaccine that is a weakened virus, but that's the one. I think that that might be the inhaled one if you've ever had like the the one you inhale. But, so in other words, they're gonna get rid of the real one because that's what they've been doing. Like like when I go and I, I'm sorry, I know my brain no does problem. some weird stuff, but it's like. To go find seeded grapes is fucking tough. Like, I have to go to a fucking swap meet or go to Sprouts. Are you planting a vineyard? No, it's just <laughs> just to get seeded. Like, I just want my fucking grapes with seeds. Yeah. I, I want my watermelon wants. with seeds. Yeah. I want my milk. I, I don't want Lewis Pasture's method on my milk. I want my shit. I don't heat it up. I want it myself. I'll heat it myself. So, I think was... So... Think about how tough it is to find seeded grapes. Think how tough it is to find seeded watermelons. Tea. Mm-hmm. Think how tough it is to find unpasteurized milk. Right. Think how hard it is to find things that people just don't want. <laughs> I don't think people don't want them. Yeah. I think, again, it's the convenience. I think what people want is to leave milk in the refrigerator longer at all costs. They don't give a fuck at what cause it is. like, yo, I want my milk to last two months. It's like, yo, it's milk. It's like, no, no, I want it to last two months. I'm a little creeped out about some of that, like, uh, God, what is, um, like, Shamrock Farms, where you find that it's got that hard seal on the top at the, like, 7-Eleven, and it doesn't expire until April of next year, no matter when <laughs> oh, you buy it. So that's what I'm saying. So that's my point. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. even though it seems like it's something nobody wants, it's not something nobody wants. What we right. want is, again, it's all about efficiency or, or convenience or... You know, having things that last long versus even though, in theory, they are not supposed to last long. Right. Yeah. Milk right, is right, not right, supposed right. to last long. Right, right. Grapes are supposed to come with seeds. They're not going to kill you. They don't taste that bad. Watermelon, same thing. So when you start altering things, right, and it becomes convenience, also means you can grow them anywhere at any time. Yeah, yeah. So then what happens is you lose flavor. Mm-hmm. Like, it's you can eat a watermelon in December. Like, it's freshly grown. And no matter what, it's going to lose flavor because it's a lesser quality version of a real watermelon. It's a diet watermelon. No, that's a good point. What are we willing to trade off for convenience? And I feel like there really is no limiting principle. I think no. some people will be willing to give 
everything for convenience. And now I'm inconvenient to go get real shit. Like I have to drive to go fucking get real milk. I have to go there to get real watermelons during Where season. Where are you getting unpasteurized milk? I'm not gonna tell you because they're yeah, trying to shut it down. Be... <laughs> We're trying to shut my spot down. See, this guy's if I getting tell you, donkey milk. No, uh, it's what? real milk, and it's Go, so he's great. Goat milk. It's great milk, though. I believe it. I don't I doubt it. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, out of the vaccines, yeah. right? So obviously the Moderna and the, what's the other one? Pfizer. Pfizer. Pfizer yeah. are mDRA. mRNA. Yeah. mRNA. mRNA. The Johnson and Johnson, which I think they you can't even get that right now for some yeah, reason. Yeah, they scrapped that, right? Which yeah, probably means that's the one I want. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm, exactly. That's what that's it all comes the down one. to. That's, what, yeah, that's the one. Johnson and Johnson, no more tears, no more fears, that's baby. That's right. That's right. It's a family yeah. brand you can trust. Yeah. That's the one you want because it'll sue they fucking ass. But <laughs> I'm saying, so that's made the old school way. Yeah. Right, so that's a weekend virus, which was probably whipping all them people that was getting fucked up taking it, because <laughs> they system couldn't hold up. Your system still got to be able to, you can still get knocked out in sparring with head yeah. gear on. Yeah, yeah. Okay, shifting to Delta. Shifting to Delta. Yeah. Um. So this is, <laughs> I seen a joke on social media, and the joke was <laughs> it was like all these vaccines. The virus had to get tougher to whoop ass. Right, right. It was like, okay, I can't whoop y'all ass. Okay, I'm finna go back, get in shape. I'm come back and see y'all again. Uh, yeah, well, I just yeah. sent you an article link, um, was a scientific report or scientific review or something like that posted a study yes. uh, like last week yeah, yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Explain kind of how that works. Yeah, so I, so that's the I think that's the the way to think about it is it's like a, it's a tug of war, right? In in between humans and infectious disease, right? Viruses, bacteria. We've been living alongside each other for thousands of years, right? And what happens is, is we develop some aspect of our immune system where we can fight it off. And then the bacteria or the virus or whatever is going to mutate. It's going to evolve and it's going to say, all right, like you said, I'm going to go prepare at home and I'm going to come back and get you in a yeah, minute. The I'm virus gonna... doesn't want to die and go extinct. Right. Yeah, it likes to live. Yeah. Yeah. The virus, like, just like we do. Yeah. You got yeah. competing interests. It's like we whooping the competing earth interests. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. <laughs> to, to, to prolong life, the virus like, hold up. Yeah, the virus you is doing the same bad. thing. They're making their own mRNA yeah. vaccine. Yeah. So <laughs> they're making their own. So And so that's, and so anytime you're dealing with or you're dealing with a virus or an infection of some type, the the challenge is trying to get control of it without it mutating or, or changing itself to escape your control or your protection. So one of the best ways you can do this is develop vaccines, right? Develop vaccines, vaccinate a bunch of people, and then hopefully control the virus to where you you know it, it's it's the numbers have gotten so low that it's not spreading and mutating it's into polio exactly into polio. polio is a good example that's why we wanted to eradicate polio vaccinate everyone but there are certain things like for example the flu virus which we we've been trying to we've been that tr- ass for years that motherfucker keep coming it's back it's still hanging out batter and, and so our relationship with the flu virus is different from polio right we couldn't control it enough so now what we do is we just say all right we're going to vaccinate as many people as we can every year we're going to deal with the fact that so many thousands of people are going to get the flu every year and they're going to die and they're going to die and we're just going to figure out how to live with it, yeah. right? So the question with COVID is which path is it going to go down? Is it going to be a polio or is it going to be a flu? Mm-hmm. And that's the question. So about Delta. Say that again. Yeah. So the question about, about COVID, is it going to be a polio? Are we going to eradicate it and completely get rid of it? 
or is it going to be the flu and are we going to keep living with it that's the question yeah right now nancy pelosi is saying the same thing about republicans parents if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids i'm gonna let you into a little secret the koala moon podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine with original kids bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations Every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jon Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend Jon Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.